Welcome to the Daily Detox Podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Center, integrative health practitioner, licensed occupational therapist, and your health detective. I'm excited to share with you natural, evidence-based, and effective solutions for achieving wellness. Become educated and empowered to transform your health for a more vibrant and happy life. Well, hello, and welcome to Daily Detox. I am your host, Stephanie Center. Thanks so much for tuning in. I have a really great show for you today, exploring the topic of longevity and anti-aging with my friend, Dan Voss. I was on Dan's podcast, the Live Life Longer show, a little while ago, and we had such a great conversation. I just had to have him on Daily Detox. He has such a unique perspective, and he's incredibly relatable. If you enjoy this episode, please consider subscribing or leaving a review. It really helps me to become more visible on podcast platforms, and it helps me to get some top-notch guests. I have a few announcements today, and then we can dive into today's episode. I am having one final Essential Oils 101 course, and that is going to be on Sunday, December 13th at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. You know, this course is really great if you're new to the world of holistic health and you are wanting to kind of dip your toes in the water, so to speak, because essential oils are, well, they're highly effective and they have a lot of body of research on them. And they are a more kind of economical way to really experiment with holistic health. And essential oils are 100% derived from nature. They serve many purposes from creating non-toxic household cleaning items, to supporting the body through cold and flu season. I also have a special offer for those that want to join my course. I am so, so excited to be opening my one-on-one practice early 2021. I have put together some really incredible, amazing things to help people feel better. And I guess I can share a little bit about that with you now. I'll be offering a program that is, it includes some functional diagnostic testing where we look at hormones, we look at gut health, we look at cellular health, and many more things we can look at, mycotoxins we can look at, we can do hair mineral analysis. I mean, uh, it's really cool, all of the, the testing that I'm able to do. So I will run things like the GI map, which I know is a popular test for gut pathogens. I will run the Dutch hormone test or a saliva hormone test, depending on on the person and what their goals are. I really recommend the MRT food sensitivity test so you know what foods are inflammatory for you. I'll be offering metabolic typing so you know how your body processes different foods and what is kind of the ultimate like best diet for you and your body, your metabolic type be doing intestinal permeability testing. I can do the wheat zoomer and many, many more. And the way that this program works is, well, first of all, we we meet just to kind of get to know each other so we can decide if we're a good fit. I really, I really only want to work with people that are willing and able to make changes, you know, some lifestyle changes. And you have to be in a place where you're, you're ready to do that. And once we establish that, okay, we are a good fit, we'll have our initial consult, which is going over your history and physical. I have a lot of really in-depth intake forms. And then we decide what tests are are best for you. 
And our second session is a results and recommendation session where we go over the test results and make some recommendations for you to follow. And then I have three follow-up visits because we'll need to tweak things over time depending on how you respond to different things. And I'm really looking forward to offering this. This is what ultimately helped me in my healing journey is testing, not guessing. And I, I actually have a personal story of why this is so important to test and not guess. Several months back, I did a GI map test to learn more about healing opportunities that were in my gut. And then I established a protocol. Part of that protocol included a heavy-handed use of betaine HCL, so hydrochloric acid, before meals to assist with digestion. I decided to run the GI map again last month, and I learned that I now have H. pylori which is helicobacter, that's what the H stands for. And this is a rather nasty bacterial infection that attacks, um, excuse me, that attaches itself to the stomach lining. And it is highly associated with uh, stomach and duodenal ulcers. It's also highly associated with stomach cancer. Betaine HCL feeds H. pylori and therefore it's contraindicated. So had I not tested myself, uh, I wouldn't have known and I would have continued to use a product that feeds this destructive bacteria. So it just goes to show that it's not just important to test, but it's important to retest and that our body's needs change and evolve over time. And I think that also helps to illustrate why you shouldn't take supplements without testing first. Whenever I work with a client, I never recommend supplements without knowing what's going on in the body first. To me, that would just be like shooting darts in the dark and hoping to get a bullseye. Why would I do that when I can turn the lights on and see what's going on? So right now, I'm currently looking for five women who are willing to participate in one-on-one -on -one services with me as I'm starting out. I'm only going to accept five women at this time, and I'll be offering my services to those first five at a discounted price. And if this is something you're interested and you're wanting to learn more about yourself and you're willing to make some changes reach out to me. You can email me at info.holistichouse at gmail.com. You can reach out to me at Holistic Stephanie Marie on, on Instagram or the Holistic House Facebook page on Facebook. Any of those platforms, you can reach out to me and I'd be happy to, to talk to you to see if we are a good fit. My, my healing protocols revolve around what's called the Dress for Health Success. It's an FDN principle, functional diagnostic nutrition. D is for diet. So we look at the diet and that's why the metabolic typing is so important. R is rest, sleep. We spend one third of our lives sleeping. And so it's important to look at the circadian rhythm. So that's why I test stress hormones like cortisol and DHEA. Then the E, yeah, E is for exercise. <laughs> trying to spell dress in my head. We look at movement, physical activity, because we know that that plays a pivotal role in our overall health. We look at stress reduction, so evaluating in your life both hidden stressors kind of underneath cellular stressors and external stressors. So you know, are you going through a toxic work environment or a divorce or, or a move or a job change or something? Or God, it's 2020. Are you going through a pandemic? Things that are uh, in contributing to stress. And then supplementation. So we look at your results and we see, we identify those those voids, those healing opportunities, and we establish some, some supplements. Some, excuse me, I just cannot talk today, you guys. Some strategic supplementation. Okay, let's move on. So today's guest, I have Dan Voss. 
He is the host of the Live Life Longer Show, sharing the best health hacks to improve our biochemistry, our bodies, and our minds. What I love about Dan is he is your guy next door. He, like many of you listening, is intrinsically curious and motivated, and he wants to learn how to live a long and happy life. I also love that his background isn't in medicine or wellness. And it's great to see how he is navigating this space and what he's learning. I really enjoy his podcast. It's one of my top favorite podcasts. I think he asks some really great questions, and I really appreciate his perspective. The overarching goal of his podcast is really to help you perform and execute at levels far beyond what you have ever imagined, as Dan interviews leading health experts on longevity, anti-aging, biohacking, and how to have more energy and live a happier, healthier life. He really does have some impressive people on his podcast, and I highly recommend you check out the Live Life Longer show. You can listen to that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, really anywhere you can find podcasts. So please help me in sending Dan a warm hello. Hey, Dan. Thanks so much for joining me on Daily Detox with Steph. I am so excited to have you on the show. I'm a big fan of your podcast, the Live Life Longer show. And yeah, thanks so much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy this kind of came full circle. You were on my podcast not too long ago, and I'm just really excited to, uh, to be joining you today. Yeah. Yeah. You guys, Dan and I had a really, really great conversation on his podcast. At that time, it was called Health and Humanity. Correct. So I don't know if people want to listen to that episode, what they should look for. Yes. So they can still search the new title of the podcast, which is the Live Life Longer Show. You're right. At the time of our recording was Health and Humanity. And Maybe later on in our conversation here, I can kind of go into that name change and why I decided to do that. But yeah, if they want to search that, they can find your episode if they search your name or or search my podcast name. Yeah. Well, we had such a a great conversation that I really wanted to have you on the show because I think you you have a really cool story and it's worth sharing. So if you don't care to just introduce yourself a little bit to my audience and kind of tell them what brought you into this space. Yeah, I would love to. So as you alluded to, I have my own health podcast and it kind of came out of nowhere because I don't have Mm -hmm. a formal background in health. I'm actually a wedding photographer by trade. So that has been my my business, my Mm full-time income really for the last few years. It's something that I got into, I would say like six or seven years ago, I got into photography and eventually got into weddings. And I was, I was shooting weddings on the side while I had my full-time day job. And eventually I booked enough weddings where I was able to, to leave that, that job and take my business full-time. And that was in January of 2019. Um, I'm really happy I took it full time in January of 2019 and not January of 2020 because that would have yeah. been really, really tough to uh, to leave my full time job with benefits and and everything else and healthcare and then get smacked in the face with everything that we've had this year. So that would have been tough. So at least I kind of had it up and running for about a year and a half or so. Really, what kind of how my podcast came to be was was because of COVID and. For those that are listening, I'm sure most people know by now that COVID, yes, it affected so many different people and industries, but 
one of those industries would be events and, and weddings. So I was looking at uh, spring of 2020 and really just before that, like the beginning of 2020 for a pretty big year in the wedding world. I had, I think, 23 or 24 weddings booked for 2020. And then COVID hit and pretty much all of those evaporated overnight. You know, and that, like I said, was my, my full-time business, my full-time income. So to say the least, it was pretty scary to kind of just start getting one email after the next from all of my couples saying, Hey, like we're going to postpone our wedding or we're just going to like cancel. And that's like pretty unheard of in the wedding world is to like have, to have one postponement or cancellation, let alone 15 or so that I had this year. So I guess to kind of bring it back into like how I got the podcast started, I was obviously sitting there with all of these postponements and really not a whole lot of work for this year. And uh, I'm not really one to like just sit around and not do anything. So I thought to myself, you know, what is it, what's one thing that I really wanted to, to do all along and I just haven't gotten around to it because I, I made excuses about not having enough time or it just wasn't the right time. That's when I thought about the podcast and how I, I've always wanted to do something in that space you know, whether it was a podcast or something along the educational lines, whether it's online education or, um, or just having more of like a personal brand. So that's when I kind of just started putting that all together and started piecing together the podcast and, and really where health came into, because I'm sure people that are listening right now, they're thinking, you know, how did a wedding photographer start a health podcast? Like it doesn't really add up. And I'm the first to admit that. But I think that's also part of the story is that you don't have to necessarily have have a formal education or be an expert in a certain area to be interested in a topic and have passion in a topic. I'm not trying to say like, I'm going to fake it until I make it, because I do believe you should just make it until you make it. So that's kind of what I'm doing right now is I'm taking that passion that I have in the area of health and in that curiosity that I have in, in health. And I'm letting that kind of just drive me forward with, with the podcast. So um, that's kind of how it all started to be back in like March, April timeframe of this year. And I'm having a lot of fun with it. Like it's something that I can really see myself doing moving forward is focusing on the podcast, focusing on, like I mentioned, some of that online educational material and really just see where, where it takes me. So interesting. Can, <laughs> can I be a little nosy and ask what other work you did besides wedding photography? What did you leave? Yeah, so I was in, um, for a little while, I was in the corporate world. I was working in a large corporation doing communications, internal communications, which is what I got my degree in, which was PR, advertising, journalism. Okay. And, and then I stepped away from that, that large company and I ended up going to a small startup at a digital marketing company and did more of like graphic design, web design, social media marketing. So really like everything I have worked on in the last five to 10 years has really been like all in that same kind of sphere of communications, graphic design, mm-hmm. photography, podcasting, really like general like media. So it's kind of all hopefully I think has come full circle here. Yeah, very cool. Okay. Yeah, I can definitely see the connection between being a wedding photographer and marketing and, and yeah. that sort of thing. I guess um, just to add to that, like, yeah, uh, I've always felt like I'm a creator and, mm. and look back at like the work that I've done. It's exactly that, like creating graphics, creating web design, creating photography, creating photos, 
and I see what I'm doing right now with the podcast is it's really not anything different. It's I'm creating, I'm, I'm still a creator and I'm creating yeah. content, but I also, like I alluded to earlier, like I'm letting that curiosity of, of health to kind of drive me with, with that creativity and that, um, creation. So neat. Yeah. I like that's, that's really neat that you are not only that you're multifaceted, but you kind of recognize those different parts of yourself and you're open to exploring them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I think it's super important. And I, I think, I think that's just like a, a really useful skill in life is to take what you're good at and like, just let that move you forward. And I'll, I'll just keep, I know I keep talking about curiosity, but I think that's a big thing that I'm really focusing in on right now, especially with the podcast. Yeah. So what are some of the, the avenues of health that you've explored on your podcast? Yeah. So that's actually something I'm kind of reflecting a lot on lately. And we, we've talked about in, in our conversation here, how I switched the name of my podcast, how it was health and humanity. Mm-hmm. And when, when I started, I was honestly focusing on just like general health, right? Like better sleep, better nutrition, make sure you exercise the health of your relationships, um, mental health. Like it was really just like a, a really general topic of health. And, and that can be great. I think those are all really important topics. And I, I eventually want to get back to that where I'm talking about like holistic health and just overall like a healthy lifestyle. And, and those are a lot of things that I've been focusing on so up, up until now. But really, like in the last week, I'm starting to kind of re-examine all of that. And it was because of somebody that I follow. His name's Lewis Howes. He's, um, he has his own podcast called The School of Greatness. And I'm in his inner circle. And in last week's call, I had the chance to talk with him one-on-one. And, and he was asking about, you know, what is it with health that you're focusing on? And I told him, like, it's, it's general topics, everything that you want to know about health. And he said, that's cool. That's great. I think that's super important. But if you really want to grow, since you're new and you have a small following, if you really want to grow and grow faster, it's important to niche down to one specific area or like one or two, maybe three specific areas. So he asked me, you know, what are, what are those things that you, that you really have been drawn to and are more interested in? So I said, uh, longevity is a big piece that has really gotten me interested in, in, in general having more energy throughout the day and just really like kind of living a fuller life. Cause I want people to take what they learn from my podcast and my content and apply that to their life and, and hopefully live a very long life. But I don't want to just help people live to 120 and feel like they're 120. I want sure. people to live to their 120 and feel like they're 75. You know, I want them yeah. to still enjoy life as much as they can. So those are some of the things that I'm like, in terms of topics that I'm really going to start doubling down on with the uh, guests that I have on and the content that I'm putting out there is mostly longevity and, and just having like a ton of energy throughout your day. So neat. I received similar advice. My business coach said, uh, when you're talking to everyone, you're talking to no one. And yep. that, that kind of struck, struck with me. And, and there's something kind of uh, vulnerable about choosing a specific space because you're going to lose some people, right? Some people are going to be like, ah, you know, and you have to be okay with that because you can't, you can't please everybody. And right. that for me, is a hard lesson to learn. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely 
kudos to you for, for making tough decisions and yeah. uh, being specific. It's tough. And especially because I was really excited. I really liked the name of my podcast before, which was Health and Humanity. I'm a big fan of alliteration, which is why I stuck mm. with that with my new name, you know, the Live Life Longer show. Yeah. I just, I, for some reason, there's something about alliteration. It's just, it just <laughs> sounds really good. So uh, I've kind of used that. And actually my, my wedding photography business is Voss in virtue. Voss is my last name. So oh, you can cool. be there. So obviously I love alliteration, but it's a tough thing, you know, to, to look at that and especially get advice like that and say, you know, okay, maybe I do need to listen to somebody like Lewis Howes, who has a really successful yeah. podcast <laughs> Clearly. for like eight years. And he's got, I don't even know how many listeners on his podcast, probably in the millions now. So that's just something you got to look back. You got to swallow your pride and say, okay, there's, he's giving this advice for a reason. You know, mm -hmm. he's obviously successful. And I think it's probably good to listen to somebody like that. Oh, absolutely. I think he was one of the first podcasts I had ever heard of. Oh yeah. A few, maybe like five years ago when I started listening to them. Yeah. It was him and like side hustle school was another big one. Uh, but yeah, these little, these pieces of advice. Yeah. They're, they're there for a reason. Yeah. And he's, he's big, he's done, he kind of blew up overnight. I mean, when I say that, obviously he's put the time in, you know, he's been going at, but the podcast, I think it's, he's around eight years now. So it, you know, he's been putting that time in for a very long time, but I felt like, like out of nowhere, he just like totally took off. So he's obviously, mm -hmm really talented and really good at what he does and somebody I look up to. And then just to add to a little bit more of what he shared with me. Yeah. He said, you know, in terms of finding that niche and just like really doubling down on it, um, that's important for growth right now. And then once I have a big enough name and a big enough following and I'm having more podcast uh, appearances and I'm growing my, my name and recognition, and I become known as like that guy, right? Like the longevity yeah. guy, the guy that focuses on on more energy. Um, then once I get there, I can go back to talking more about general health and talking yeah. more about sleep and nutrition and, and all these other areas and relationships. It's just getting there first. Yeah, definitely. So what what are some like pearls of wisdom that you have learned through your experience some health habits or or things that you have learned through this journey that you incorporate in your daily life yeah so i would say before i get into any of the things that i've that i have learned from my podcast and the guests that i've had on because there's a lot there's a lot of information in that i've learned and i'm starting to incorporate it into my life but be, so before i get there i'll just kind of talk about something that i've incorporated into my daily habit. And I think we actually talked about this on, on our interview, like the interview we had together on my podcast, oh, okay. uh, which was daily walks. Did we talk about walks? Yeah, we did. Yeah, I think we did. I think we talked about maybe a morning habit. I mm -hmm. think that's where we started with that. Yeah. Your morning routine. I, His yeah, morning was, routine is awesome. Routine. Yeah. I always, I always uh, interchange the word habit and routine when really routine is a set of habits, but anyhow, um, <laughs> We started talking about morning routine and then I, I shared my, my, yeah. my morning walk. And that is, again, something that came out of quarantine, mm. um, which like lately and really I would say like in the last month, I'm starting to look back at this year. I'm like, I'd like to spend time on reflecting on like the year and like 
what went right and what went wrong. And obviously 2020 has been so many things that have gone wrong, so many things that have been bad this year. But I am starting to realize there's a lot of good things that have come out of this year. Like for me, it was the podcast and Mm -hmm. improving my health. And another one of those things that came out of this year was finally like nailing down my my morning routine because I was always like scrambling to find like things to do and like I was like trying to force things trying to force a 20 minute meditation and you know force a good breakfast it's like all these things that like I felt like I should be doing but like over time I just kind of gave up on it because I just didn't find real value in it over time I guess so anyhow this year I finally nailed down that that routine which is my morning walk and that's something I've literally been doing like every single day for the last five or six months. And something I look forward to, which is really cool. You know, whereas the other things like working out in the morning or meditating, whatever, like it was something I kind of dreaded because it was like, felt like a chore. And the walk is something I like genuinely look forward to where I just put my headphones in, I'm listening to calming music. I have my cup of coffee, reflecting on like things that I'm grateful for which then becomes a little bit more like prayerful, which I'm just like thanking God for things that I have in my life, even basic things that most of us take for granted. I also reflect on like what I want to get done for that day, even if it's like one, two or three things, like main things that I really need to get done for that day. Um, And that's just kind of putting you in the mindset of like, okay, here are the things I'm going to work on. Mm -hmm. And I think that that helps to, you know, make you more productive and like actually accomplish your goals. I think what else with my my morning walk that I like to do. I think those are the main ones. Um, I do a little bit of journaling as well. Sometimes that's incorporated during my walk. Like I might find a bench and like pull up my notes, mm. the notes app on my phone and just like start journaling about certain things or I'll do that when I come back home. And I think by doing all of that, it just like sets me up for the day to succeed. Like I'm, yeah. I'm giving myself time to focus on myself you know I'm getting movement in in the day which is a big Mm -hmm. thing you know even though even though it's not like a big workout and I'm like not going to the gym and lifting a ton of heavy weights or I'm not like going for a long run like a walk is pretty basic but it's still movement Mm -hmm. uh you're getting the blood flow going and and you're getting if it's a sunny day out you're getting some sunshine and, and vitamin d so I think it's just super important for me to like make sure that first half hour or so is for me. It's not mm-hmm. for picking up my phone and checking my emails and scrolling through Instagram or mm-hmm. Twitter. And then you're giving everybody else control. You know, you're letting yeah. them dictate how your day turns out. So I think that's probably the biggest thing is, is just taking control of, of your life by putting yourself first in the morning. Yeah. And that's such a, Like I find that days when I do cave and I check my email first thing in the morning, those are not the happy days that like totally impacts it. Yeah. Like you are setting the tone for your day when you're going on these walks in the morning and why would you take that away from yourself? I say that to myself every time I do that. Right. Yeah. It's so true. I mean, with, with the email thing, I would say like, you know, there are very important emails, of course, like there's certain emails that you need to respond to pretty quickly, or you have to respond to, you know, eventually. But for me, if I don't have a text from somebody that's like urgent saying like, hey, I need this right now, or this person's in trouble, or, you know, God forbid, like your parent is in the hospital right now, or like something that's like super urgent and like freak out Mm -hmm. mode. If I don't have a text from somebody, then everything else can wait. Emails can wait. Whatever's on my Instagram can wait. Like everything else can wait. 
And, and when you look at it that way, then I think it's a lot easier to not grab your phone right away. Or if you do and look and you're like, okay, I don't have any important text messages right now, which means everything is pretty much okay in my life. Then you can go out and just enjoy an hour for yourself, which is pretty great. Yeah, definitely. And I find that the moments when you, when you do check your email at, you know, 537 in the morning, people see what time you respond and then that becomes the expectation, right? And so then you have to reestablish some boundaries um, that maybe were once, once there before. So yeah, definitely, definitely the world can wait. I remember, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to age myself, but I remember the first time I got email on my cell phone (laughs) and I didn't, and it was, oh gosh, you guys, it was a Blackberry. And, yes. um, I didn't tell my boss <laughs> that I had the Blackberry because I didn't want him to think he could get a hold of me whenever he wanted to. Nope. Like that thought occurred through my mind. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy that we live in that world. You're not the only one. So many people have that same thought or that same fear that, oh man, yeah. my boss or my clients, they can get a hold of me at any time. Like, yesterday it was like 7 30 or 8 p.m and one of my my wedding clients texted me and it wasn't urgent by any means and mm-hmm. I was like you know what I'm not gonna respond to this right now I'm gonna wait and I'm gonna text her back in the morning and that's what I did and it's just it's about setting those boundaries because especially for business owners or small business owners or entrepreneurs like it's really sometimes hard to not fall into that trap like it's very easy to think like okay they're my clients I need to respond to them at all hours, but I don't think it has to be that way. I think we can actually set boundaries for ourselves and, and let them know, like, um, just like anybody else, like any other business is going to respond yeah. to you in normal business hours. Right. Yeah. And I think people, I think you earn respect when you set those boundaries too. Yeah, definitely. So definitely. Well, neat. Well, so I've, I've listened to quite a few of your podcast episodes and I have some questions. Um, It sounds like you're really interested in breath work. Yes. Do you mind talking about that a little bit? I'm so happy you brought that up because if you you didn't ask about that, I was going to bring it up. With breath work, I mean, obviously there's a number of different methods and techniques and there's so many different benefits to, to breath work. I almost don't like to say the word breath work because it makes it sound like it's again a chore or mm. or like something that like is this big thing that you have to like learn about and it it's not like it's literally like if if you're listening to this podcast right now whatever you're doing take a deep breath in and a deep breath out and do that like two or three times and then let me know, well, you can't let me know because you're listening to this and you can't directly communicate <laughs> with me, but just think to yourself, do I feel better right now? And you likely will. You likely yeah. will feel a little bit more relaxed, whatever you are stressed about. Like if you're driving right now in traffic and you're all tense and you're angry mm-hmm. and people are honking or you're honking at somebody else. Like if you just take three deep breaths, it can dramatically change your mood and honestly like change the outcome of your day. So that's a big, big thing for me is like, wow, this has like real effects. Like this is really making a big change for a lot of people. So, Mm. so anyhow, with, with breath work and that kind of that whole area, one thing that I've come across through the podcast, it's called the Wim Hof method. And Wim Hof is uh, from the Netherlands and he came up with this like technique of his own that's called the Wim Hof method. And and all the things that are incorporated into it, like he didn't necessarily 
design or create these things individually, like on his own. But he is known for like coupling the three ideas into one nice package, which is which is now his method. So the three elements there are are breathing, cold exposure, so like a cold shower or an ice bath. And then the third piece is mindset, which kind of has some like meditation elements to it, but it's not really known as like a meditation practice, but it does have meditation elements. I actually went to my first, he, he has workshops, right? So he created this method. He has a book and I think he has a, another book coming out this month, later this month. It will, at the time of this recording, it's October. So if you're listening to this, his newest book is probably already out. But anyhow, he, what he did really brilliantly is he now has people that are trained. So he has like a program that all of his instructors, they have to go through certain pro, like his programs, like two, two or three different levels of his programs. And then they can become certified. And then once you're certified, you are known as a Wim Hof method instructor, and then you can hold your mm. own class basically. Okay. And so I went to my first one about a month ago and I'm telling you, it was like the most influential day of my life. Like, I, I know oh, wow. that sounds like maybe an over-exaggeration, but it honestly is something that I now know is going to really change my life in a way. Like, it's something I'm, I'm going to be focusing on in, with my podcast and the guests that I have on. I'm already looking into becoming an instructor myself. There's going to be, like, like I said, those programs I'm going to have to go through and ton of hours of education I got to go through. But that one single day, that one session literally kind of set a framework of like what I want to focus on with my career and, and not just career, but just like my personal lifestyle. It's something that I'm going to be doing every day now. And I have been even prior to that workshop, I was practicing a lot of the, the method a few weeks leading up to it, or really a few months leading up to it. Going back to that whole method, right? You have breathing, and if it's okay with you, I, I can just take a few minutes here and run down yeah, like please. what's included in this whole method. So with breathing, you essentially, you're, you lay down and you're hopefully like in a pretty quiet environment. There's like not a lot of distractions and you're taking 30 deep breaths. And I'm talking like really, really deep breaths. And the best way to do it is nasal breathing. So you're, you're breathing through your nose and you really want like the rhythm too. I know this might sound like a little like wacky, but once you get into it and like start getting used to it, it becomes pretty natural. So you want like the rhythm of your breath to, to it's diaphragm breathing. So your initial breath intake is going to go into your belly and you want that like rhythm to go through up into your chest and then like over your head almost, and then like back out. And that's when you exhale through your mouth. And the way they talk about it, it's like almost like a wave. So like the mm. first intake is in your belly and then it goes through your chest and then over your head and like back out through your mouth. And you can like kind of feel that too as you're laying there. Once you get into the rhythm of it, it's like, it is like a wave. So, so that's what you do. 30 really deep breaths, inhale, exhale. And what that basically does is you're just pumping your, your body, your cells with as much oxygen as, as possible. And then after you do those 30 deep breaths, you are holding your breath for as long as you can. So if you're doing this on your own, there's actually an app that you can use. It's called the Wim Hof. You can just search in your app store, Wim Hof Method. He has an app that like guides you through all of this. 
I will say there's a few disclaimers just to be careful of. I, I believe like if you're you're pregnant, they advise against it. If you have more serious, like if you have serious complications, like epilepsy is one, um, they they advise not doing this. But if you're generally healthy, then it's it's safe to do. And I, I would also recommend for people that are interested to to go to a workshop and do it with a class of people and a trained instructor, because you're going to learn a lot more. And I've been practicing this probably for the breath work, like three months or so. And then I went to the workshop and even going to the workshop, I had like an incredible experience compared to just doing it on my own. Like it was like night and day. Mm -hmm. I thought like, ah, maybe it'll be about the same. Like, no, it was way better going to the workshop. So that's the breathing. And uh, you do that whole thing. So like 30 deep breaths and then hold your breath. That's one session. And then you basically just go right back into it. And you're supposed to do it like three to four times, three or four oh, wow. sessions. Back to the workshop. When I, when we did this as a group, there was like 10 or 12 of us. And we, I think did, we end up doing five sessions of it. So you do the deep breaths and then you hold your breath. After that, I literally like sat up and you're supposed to like sit up slowly and like open your eyes and like kind of like re-acclimate yourself to your environment. I literally sat up and I didn't even realize I was saying this out loud. It just like, I blurted it out and I just go, well, that was effing awesome. And like the whole class heard me and like everybody just like started laughing. And then I realized like, oh my God, I actually said that out loud. And the reason why I, I said it and thought it was so awesome was like, it was literally the most natural high I've ever had. Oh, wow. And and there's so many there's so much science there about about that like people saying that they've they had like a natural high and like one guy in our group he said he started seeing like these colors like purples and greens as he was doing this practice and people have some like really incredible experiences doing this so again if you're listening to this and you're interested I would I would definitely recommend checking it out you can go he has a website and uh, you can check workshops that are in your area. So that's the breathing part portion of it. And then the mindset portion of it is like I talked about, like it's a little bit more of like meditative kind of a practice where you're just basically focusing in on like what you're, what you're doing when you're breathing. Like you're just centering yourself to the present moment. And that's supposed to help with the breath work as well. But then with the mindset piece, you're, you're really using that. That's kind of setting you up for when you get into the cold exposure, whether that's cold shower or an ice bath. So I, I guess I'll kind of take us to that piece now. The cold exposure. So during the workshop, we did an ice bath. And and really, you only need like two minutes to get the benefits of, of the cold yeah. water. You can also, like I said, do a, a cold shower. But when you do the ice bath, and this was the first time I really did an ice bath, you step in. And really those first like five to 10 seconds, you're like, whoa, this is cold. Like, <laughs> oh my God, I, I, I can't believe I'm doing this right now. And it really for me, like my first thought was like, oh my gosh, like, should I like get out right now? Like, this is, I don't know if I can do this. Yeah. But you have like a moment where like, it's not necessarily like a panic or like a freak out, but it's like kind of like, kind of is. And then that's where you are supposed to remember like, no, just breathe. Like this is why we've been practicing this breathing. So you're supposed mm. to take a like, really slow breaths, like just like real slow inhale and exhale. Again, it's nasal breathing. And after I would say like 20 seconds, then that like initial kind of freak out moment goes mm -hmm. away and you can just like completely relax and lay there and, and go for the full two minutes or three minutes. Mm. 
and it's just overall the entire experience is incredible even if you're doing this on your own and you do the breath work on your own and then hop in the shower and, and turn the water to cold i do this now every single day and when i hop out of the shower after that cold cold shower i feel so alive like so much energy mental clarity and then i guess just to kind of run through all of the benefits of this there's a ton but basically like i said it's it's a boost of energy, mental clarity. It's known for reducing stress and anxiety and depression. It's also been shown for like boost in performance. Like if you're an athlete, this is, has a lot of benefits. It's also been shown for a boost of performance in the bedroom as well. Um, so if, if, you know, that's, that's something that's, I guess, an added benefit for a lot of people. But I notice it like really throughout the day, I notice just having more mental clarity and more focus and a lot more energy, which is really cool. I'm not as familiar with the ice bath, but I know about cryotherapy and I know that yep. that's, that's really good for even just like your mitochondrial health, like the, yes. the you know, the powerhouse of, of your cells, um, yeah. where you produce energy and that, yeah, that affects everything, right? From immunity to physiologically, psychologically. It's so, so great. It is. Yeah. And that's actually a big piece in terms of this breathing technique um, mm. is that you're, you're basically pumping oxygen into your mitochondria. So I will say for people that are listening, like, I'm not going to try to pretend like I'm an expert in any of this. Like as, as I just told everybody, I'm a wedding photographer by trade. So something I'm learning along the way and learning more about and like going back to what I said before, I think the biggest driver in all of this is curiosity and yeah. you don't necessarily have to be an expert in like all of the details of the science and, and what goes into it and like all of the specific benefits, as long as you know the general framework of what it does and you're curious about it and you want to learn more about it, that's kind of where I'm at right now. So, so cool. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head. You have to be open-minded to experiences in order to benefit from them for definitely. sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. If you're not open-minded to, to breath work, then you're probably not going to, what's the saying, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I think about that when just any, anything in life, not, not specifically just this, but yeah. No, it's so true. And that kind of goes back to mindset too, right? Like when you say whether yeah. you can or you can't, you're right. That's all mindset right there. And that's something we can practice and we can work on. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of cool. And then I guess back to the breathing portion of it. I've noticed now since starting this breathing technique on a pretty regular basis, like I said, probably for the last six months, uh, close to six months, I am now at a spot where like later in the day, if I'm stressed or something upsets me, or I just feel like maybe I haven't, like if I'm sitting or like sitting too long, I need a breather. I like instantly go into breath mode, like, okay, just take mm. deep breaths. And it becomes so natural. Like it's, it's almost like something I don't even have to think about. I can just be like, okay, I feel like I need like a good deep breath. And I just, I can just do it for like 10 seconds and then you just feel better. So it's pretty cool. Like it's, it's like anything else. Once you do it continuously and consistently, it becomes like second nature. Yeah. So. That is so, what a great like toolbox to have with you. And when you have those moments, definitely great yeah. habits. Like if you're, if you're aiming for longevity, I feel like you're, you're on the right path. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, what's also cool, um, just to add to the idea of, I was telling you about how it's been shown to help with like sports performance for, for athletes. I had on my podcast, his name's Kelly Starrett. He was big in the CrossFit world and, and he's still very, like he's still growing his following and has a very successful business called the Ready State. So he focuses a lot on mobility. He's also like a, a personal trainer and physical therapist. And he trains with some of the top athletes in the world. So he has NFL players, MLB players, NBA, oh, wow. uh, Tour de France athletes, Olympic gold medal athletes. I still have no idea how he agreed to come onto my podcast, which is pretty, pretty new and fairly small following right now. But I'm really happy he did come on. And, and we started talking about breath work. I think it was at the very end of the episode and I wish, I wish we started talking about it earlier in the conversation because uh, he only had like one hour for the recording because he had another podcast recording right after mine. And so he was like, yeah, if you can like make sure, keep an eye on the clock. And the last question I asked him was, if you were stranded on an island and you could only, only have one type of exercise to do, what would that be? Like, you can only pick one, like jumping jacks or push-ups or, you know, whatever you, whatever you wanted. And the reason why I asked that was because a lot of like, what he does is physical therapy and training and he trains all these athletes and he's big in like mobility and stretching. So I thought it'd be cool. To, like, let's hear what this guy, you know, is, is going to tell us. I thought maybe mm. he was going to say burpees because a lot of people would choose burpees because it's like all inclusive. Yeah. <laughs> Get some Combo. cardio. Yeah, you got cardio of jumping and you're, sure. you're doing a push up and you're getting some strength training in there. So it's a nice combo of like a lot of things. And he even said that he's like, I bet you were, you thought I was going to say burpee. And, and he, what he said was breathing. And, mm. and then I didn't even ask him about Wim Hof because I was going to, because I'm obviously very interested in that method. And he brought it up on his own and he said, yeah. uh, that's something I'm now using with my tour de France athletes to help boost their performance. And that's another, wow. oh, man, this is like legit. Like it's really taking off. People are using this athletes are using it yeah. and it obviously has so many benefits. So just goes to show how we tend to like our human minds, like to complicate simple things, yep. right? Like we jump to the burpee when we need to focus on just breathing, right? Just yep. breathing. It's incredible. It's incredible. And that's, I guess what you just said there is something I am really starting to realize this year specifically, and maybe it's a lot just through what I'm learning with the different guests I'm having on my podcast, is that I don't think we need to always be doing like a soul crushing workout every single day. And, and that's coming from somebody who's like, I've, I've been in sports most of my life, at least growing up played pretty much every sport there was as a, as a mm -hmm. child and into high school. I've been into running, like I long distance running. I ran two marathons and I'm always been a pretty active guy. And not to mention like most people in my age group, like twenties, thirties loved, especially men, but women as well, like love going to the gym and lifting heavy weights and like especially I originally said men, because like, that's such a dude thing. Like, Oh, look how many, like how much weight I can lift and like bench press. And like, we love that. Like young, like fit people just love like yeah. doing that. And I think we've kind of been sold that idea that you have to go to the gym to be healthy. 
And you really don't like going back to walking. Like if you get 10 to 15,000 steps in the day, and that was the other thing that Kelly Starrett said mm. was like, he was big into walking now. He's like, if you asked me this 10 years ago, I would say, do your deadlifts and this and that. And, and now I'm like, just go out for a walk every day. Make sure you get your 10,000 steps in. And, yeah. and it goes back to what you just said, like simplify things, you know, walk. Like that's what humans were designed to do, mm-hmm. not drive everywhere and take escalators and elevators. Like we need more movement. Right. And, and then back to the bright breathing. It's such a simple thing that has been around since the beginning of time. And I think we just <laughs> yeah. need to like revisit that. Yeah. And to your point, my favorite cardiologist that I've ever worked with, he, he was against uh, marathon running and long distance running. He actually thought mm-hmm. it was contraindicated for your health because the stress we, our ancestors were not running 26 miles at one point right. in time. And isn't it, and don't quote me on this, but I do think that the first recorded marathon runner died at the end of the marathon. I think so. Something I think, like that. I think Greece? you're right. Or yeah. I think, ta- uh, yeah. Mm. I think that was the name, the origin of the name marathon. Cause I think he ran, I think it was somewhere in Greece. Yeah. Or Rome somewhere around there. Someone and, fact check this. Yeah. Someone <laughs> fact check this. He ran to the, the city of, of marathon. I don't know oh, okay. how you would say it in Greek, but in English, the, the name of the city was Marathon. And yeah. and I think it was around it was 26 miles or 26.2 miles from wherever he started to get there. Yeah, I think he had to deliver something or pick something up, whatever it was. And I believe you're, I think you're right. I think he ended up dying at the end. Now that, if that is true, would make sense because at the time he probably had no water during that entire run uh, and probably no food. So it would make sense if he did die, that is probably just from like extreme dehydration. So yeah, times were definitely different. Though. Yeah. And probably but, heat exhaustion too. It was probably but like, a warm climate. Who, whose idea was it to be like, oh yeah, let's all do what that guy did. You know, <laughs> <laughs> people that, people that are into fitness, I guess, you know, I think not to dog somebody that's into fitness because I am myself but oh no, I've run marathons too I'm yeah, I'm right there I mean, with you we're, we're you know I don't mean this disrespectfully disrespectfully but we are kind of a, a crazy bunch like we but I shouldn't I shouldn't say that that is a bit a bit harsh like I think it's maybe in our human nature to like want to do crazy stuff like stuff that we yeah. didn't think we could do Sure. I think it's that kind of that human nature of like, oh, let's see if we can push the boundaries and yeah. run run 26.2 miles. And then after that, people were like, what can we do past 26.2 miles? Let's do ultra marathons. So people right. are running like 60 miles. It's like, you know, I, I, it's crazy, but it's also kind of part of our human nature to like yeah. strive to do more, I guess. No, and it's, I think it's addicting. I, after my it first is. one, I was like, yeah. let me sign up for my next one. Yep. yep. Um, because I it's such that. a rush. Such yeah. a, such a rush. I was an idiot and I, I lived a mile away from the starting line. Uh-huh. So I just figured, Oh, I'll just warm up and I'll run there. And that when I'm done, <laughs> I'll just walk back. Yep. Oh my gosh. <laughs> which, what, uh, which marathons did you run? I did. My first one was the Illinois marathon in Champaign. Okay, cool. And then I did the St. Louis one. Those were my nice. only two foals. Okay. But yeah. That's cool. Did you end up doing Chicago? I did. I did Chicago in 2017 and then I did Berlin in 2018. So that was like Germany. Yep. Oh, that's awesome. So I don't, you may be aware there's like six major marathons. They're known as like the six majors. 
So they're, I guess, the six largest marathons in the world. So I have two out of the six done. Chicago and Berlin are two of the six. So. Oh, so cool. We'll see. I guess at one point it was a goal of mine to do all six. Things might have changed. I'm not sure. Maybe, I mean, I'm still young, so I can, I have plenty of time to do the other four. But uh, yeah, the other four would be New York, Boston, and then London and Tokyo. And you have to qualify for Boston. So I would have to get into some serious shape to, to qualify for Boston. Cause for, for men and in my age group, I'm 28. So I think, I think it's between like 26 and 33 or something like that. Don't quote me, but somewhere in that age, age group, Mm -hmm. you have to run like a 255 marathon. And like, I'm not even close to that. (laughs) I think I ran 345 at Berlin. So I would have to shave uh, almost an hour off my time. So we'll see. Yeah. Maybe with your breathing techniques, you can um, blow your way through, (laughs) you know, that's so funny you mentioned that because I will say, so like I said, I did, I did Chicago in 17, Berlin in mm-hmm. 18. So it's been, it's been two years now since I've run a marathon and, and I'm okay with that. Like I, like I just said, like I'm, I'm dialing down like the really rigorous activity and focusing mm-hmm. more on just like kind of walking and breath work and everything. And it's funny you mentioned that because I, I thought to myself not too long ago, like, I wonder if I got back into marathon training mode like how much better I could be and how much faster I would run now that I have this, like you said, it's a tool that I have now with the breathing technique and the cold showers. And it's like, well, maybe I'll like give us a try again to see if it actually boosts my performance. So. Yeah, that would be, that would be interesting to, to see, to test. I think so. Yeah. Especially when, when Kelly Starrett said that he's using it for his tour de France athletes and seeing some really good results there. I was like, oh, maybe that would be sure. It'd be really good for running. So. Yeah. And if it's not to like nerd out, but if it's good for your mitochondrial health and it's good for your Krebs cycle and your Krebs cycle is what produces energy. Mm, so if you yep. can become more, more efficient, so oxygen controls the, the rate of citrate synthase, which is the first component of the Krebs cycle. Mm. So I wonder if you could potentially increase the rate at which you produce ATP. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Just thoughts that go through my head. It's something to look into, something I'm I'll look into now. I as you're saying this too, I think it'd be really cool to see um maybe they already do some sort some form of breathing techniques, but like some of the fastest marathon runners. Mm. Um Eliud Kipchoge is like the fastest marathon runner in the world right now. And I think it'd be really cool to see an experiment like of him practicing the Wim Hof method for like six months and like while he's doing marathon training like while he's doing his normal day-to-day life and then after that six months run a marathon and see if he can like beat his own record yeah <laughs> this guy is like the literally the fastest guy in the world for long distance and uh I think that'd be a cool experiment that would be cool or even um I was thinking measuring have you ever done a VO2 max test? No, I mean, I've obviously I'm aware of it, but no, I think it'd be, it'd be cool to do. Cause that would be a cool before and after to yeah, do. Yeah, that would be. Yeah. That's well. great. Man, you, you make me want to go sign up for a marathon. Oh. <laughs> I think you just reignited my, uh, my passion with it. <laughs> they are really fun. They are they really are. fun. I'll, I mean, well, I'll give that. on that note, the actual day of the marathon is probably the most fun I've had 
like doing anything. And I know for some people listening, they're probably thinking like, what? That's crazy. Like, how can you have that much fun running a marathon? But I remember at the end of like finishing both marathons, like the adrenaline rush you have and the sense of purpose that you have, the sense of accomplishment, it's just an incredible feeling. But the thing that's holding me back is that prep work and all the training that goes into it. Like you have to commit Mm. for at least two to three months, uh, almost every single day, at least an hour of straight running. And that's tough. So we'll see. Oh, see, that was my favorite part. I enjoyed. Yes. (sighs) I loved just, especially because I lived right now. I live in Tennessee where it's like too warm. Uh Like I like going running when it's like 37 degrees outside and that just doesn't happen here yeah so when I lived in St. Louis I was like a mile away from Forest Park and Forest Park is like like seven miles around or so you can just do that a couple times and you're like jogging through like gorgeous park area and that's that was my me time so I was listening to my music and just kind of yeah doing meditating without knowing what that that's what I was doing exactly and so it was just like the world was shut off this was back God, I'm dating myself again before I like, I wouldn't take my cell phone. I had like an actual iPod. So like I was dead to the world, like, which now I don't know that I would recommend. I almost feel like you should probably take a cell phone to be safe, but yeah, it was, it was great because it was just me. No, no, no distractions. Um, No, that's really cool. I guess it can can be really great. It's just, it's a big commitment. So it is a big commitment. I'll say that. And the Chicago <laughs> one's expensive. I looked into doing that one and I was It gets like, expensive, yeah. Yeah. It's it expensive. Yep. It's expensive. It's definitely a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to know like a year ahead of time, right? You enter the lottery basically right. a year ahead of time. Yep, exactly. So, so yeah, you're kind of yeah, you have to be a planner for that one. For right. Sure. Yep. You can't just decide, yeah, I'm gonna do this next month. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I ran into uh not to talk about marathons too much because I don't know if that was necessarily what you've been wanting to talk about here, but um I have been having a hard time, and again, I'm not really looking to get into marathons right now, but up until now, having a hard time finding a weekend that I could run the marathon because like I said, I'm a wedding photographer. Yeah, so every weekend. every weekend, yeah, it was booked. So that was a challenge as well. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I have two two more questions for you. Yes, okay. please. Of course. So my first question is out of all of everything, and I'm sorry that this is brought in, maybe you don't have an answer and that's okay. But out of everything that you've learned through this, this journey you've started, mm-hmm. um, what's one piece of advice that you learned in this journey that you wish you would have had sooner in life? I would say, obviously, I'm into the breathing and Wim Hof is something I discovered during the podcast that I wish I would have known about earlier. Mm. I will say another big one would be with nutrition. I had uh, Dr. Stephen Gundry on, and he's big into eating the right foods. And his whole thing is with microbiome and the foods that we that we eat, how much it affects our microbiome and which is basically like your gut bugs, which Mm -hmm. I never realized how much it dramatically and drastically affects our overall health and how Mm -hmm. basically his, the the whole thing that he focuses on with, with the microbiome is if you are eating certain foods, specifically what he talks about lectins, Mm -hmm. that can just destroy the lining of your gut which leads to leaky gut, 
which mm -hmm. leads to pretty much every disease there is. Yeah. And I wish I would have known, I really kind of figured that out. I, I knew about all of that just before I had him on my podcast because I was following him for a little while before that. But that's something I kind of wish I knew mm. when I was younger. And I wish more families would know about it and younger kids would know about it. More parents would know to teach their kids and really to like just help specifically Americans too, because the standard American diet is scary. It is. And uh, I guess I just, I wish I would have known that earlier to realize like, okay, it's not necessarily like if I have an autoimmune disease or, or any other kind of illness, it's not necessarily from my DNA or from my genes or from my parents. You know, it's, no. it's most likely the foods that we're, we're eating. And what's interesting is like when, when the doctor asks you, if you see the doctor and they ask if your parents have any kind of medical history or disease or anything, they're not asking that because they're worried that if, if your parents, if your mom has diabetes, then you're going to get diabetes. The reason why they're asking that is because they're, they can then see that if your parents, let's say, like I said, have diabetes, then that means you grew up eating the same foods that they ate most mm -hmm. likely, because that's kind of just like how households work, like whatever your parents put on the table and what they're eating is what the kids are going to eat. Mm -hmm. You likely have that same diet, which means you're likely going to, it's going to lead to having some of those same, same illnesses or diseases. So I, I, I just found this all out from, from Dr. Gundry and it's pretty mind blowing stuff. It's stuff that we don't talk about enough. It's not yeah. anything that's really talked about in the school system, especially with young kids yeah. And I guess it just kind of opened my eyes up to the food industry, especially in the Western world, how much money goes into marketing, some of the, like all of the, mm -hmm. the really unhealthy junk food that we have. And it's, it's scary. So I say all of that with the, the mindset and the background of somebody that hasn't always eaten healthy myself. Like I'm the first to admit I don't have that perfected. I don't have that nutrition piece down yet. You know, if you, if you talk to me two years ago, I had an American diet, you know, on steroids in terms of like junk food and <laughs> pizza and McDonald's, like it was not good. And mm. I'm making strides to improve that. And I'm cooking a lot more on my own now and eating healthier awesome. recipes. And I have, I, admittedly so, I still have work to do, but at least I'm aware of what I need to work on and, and making yeah. right strides in, in the right direction. So, I mean, oh yes, that is the whole, that is my whole purpose is to educate people about yeah. gut health because that's where my, my whole thing started from. And everyone that listens to my podcast knows about that, but yes, I, there is such a disconnect and I wish I, I love what you say, what you said about, you know, the intake, they ask mm -hmm. about what your parents had because of, because of the diet. I wish that were true of all doctors. I don't think that is. I think if I were to take right. a survey of all the doctors I worked with, some, maybe a small handful would give me that answer. Yes. Yeah. I think I misspoke there. You're right. Most doctors are not asking that question with, with the right intentions. They are asking because yeah. they think, or a, maybe, yeah, yeah they, they know like, okay, if their parent has this, then they're going to get it. And we're just going to pres prescribe them with this medication. You're right. I, I wish more doctors would come at it with the mindset of, okay, their parent has like an example I use diabetes. Right. That, that means that this 
person grew up eating the same food. So let's look at the foods that they're eating and, and fix that and not try to be reactive, you know, be right. proactive. So, and, and the problem with that is that, you know, and doctors have like, and I'm talking about MDs and DOs, they have like less than eight hours of training in nutrition. So really? yeah. Yeah. Oh. So on average, it's, I think seven hours. That's insane. Um, so healthcare doesn't pay attention to food and you already said, you already hit the nail on the head when you said food doesn't care about your health, right? They care about marketing a product to you. They don't care about the health of that product. Yep. And so when you have that disconnect, when healthcare doesn't care about food and food doesn't care about health, mm. then we, that's just a recipe for disaster. And we're yep. all going to have leaky gut. We're all going to have these, these problems because we're, we're eating highly processed and part of, part of the class that I give the low tox life, we go through like my, my 10 favorite food or favorite food additives that in like what they actually are and what yep. they do to your body. And like the top 10, you should absolutely stay away from because it's, it's a crime. It's a, like the biggest crime that our country has committed on itself is, it is for regulation on our food. And you also mentioned that abroad, it's not that way. And that's so right. true. I can eat the bread in European countries. I can't yeah. eat the bread here in America because yeah. we our gluten is like the tackiest, stickiest. Like we had to have the gooeyest muffins. We yep. just had to have the gooeyest muffins. So yep. our gluten is like totally manipulated and it's not real gluten anymore. And that's right. why so many people have sensitivities. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it, if you take a step back and look at everything that's going on, especially in the U S it really seems pretty backwards. I mean, when we're talking about nutrition and just the overall healthcare field, like think about how almost every election healthcare is brought up, right? Like that's a big topic is, is universal healthcare. And I'm not trying to get into politics and tell you whether we should have you know, universal healthcare or not. But I think by having that conversation, we're looking at it from the wrong lens. Yes. We shouldn't be looking at it from how do we pay for all this healthcare? We should be looking at it from why do we have to pay for so much yes. healthcare? <laughs> like we <laughs> shouldn't have to pay for so many medications. Yeah. And why are people getting sick? <laughs> and, and all these illnesses and, and treating all these diseases. Yeah. We should be looking at what can we be doing to prevent them. And I think that is a big piece of that starts with nutrition. <clears throat> Thank you for saying that. Yes. <laughs> I, I completely agree. I I had I had a conversation with our CEO once about I don't like that we call like colonoscopies preventative health. Yeah. It's early detection. It's not prevention. You're yep. trying to detect cancer early. Mm. The moment we confused early detection with prevention, we we made a grave mistake, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. What are we doing to prevent the colon cancer? Exactly. Nothing, nothing. We're just trying to detect it early so we can charge people a bunch of money to treat and not even treat it in a way that's, that's helpful to the patient. Right. 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 Which right. I, I will get into that, but, but yeah, it, it, it's just, it's, it's so backwards. And that's one reason why I had to leave. I had to leave that environment because working in the hospital, I didn't feel like I was servicing people the way that I was meant to service them. Right. It was a constant battle of, yep. oh, you had your gallbladder removed. Okay, great. So how are you going to digest fats now? Mm -hmm. What do you mean? Oh, did your doctor not tell you that that's how you digest fat? 
that you're right. going to have to take digestive enzymes now? Did we, did we not have a, here, let me write it down for you. And why don't you ask him that? Like, that was my, that was my life as an OT. Yeah. No, it's so true. I think we talked yeah. about some of this in our talk when you came on my podcast about where we've all gone wrong. And mm. it's unfortunate that so much of our like the healthcare, if you look, if you look at it, it's become a business and so many yeah. of the decisions that are made are dr- driven from money. And, and that's just, it's sad. It's sad that we've gotten to that place and we're not yeah. looking at the needs of people. We're not putting those needs first or the people first, we're putting money first. And it's, it's sad. That's all I can really say about it. Yeah. I, um, I'll just mention really quickly. I was listening to Dax Shepard's podcast, mm-hmm. um, armchair expert. Uh, this was a really old episode, but he was talking about this trip he took to Nashville. And he was like, I could not believe all of the mansions that I like, I, the nicest houses in America. Huh. And he, and he lives in, you know, Los Angeles with the, amongst the movie stars. Right. Yep. And he was commenting on the mansions here. And his buddy was like, well, dude, don't you know that this is home to the largest hospital corporation in America? Mm. Like, who do you think owns these houses? Not, yeah. not movie stars, not, and we know yeah. how much movie stars make, right? right. No, it's the, the people. It's not the patients, it's the people yeah. that are working at these hospitals. That yeah. are making decisions that aren't even providers, right? They're not healthcare providers. They're not doctors or businessmen. Yep. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Like that is so embarrassing. Yep. That's so true. It's a sad truth. Yeah. Okay. I have one more question for you. Yeah, go for it. Absolutely. Okay. So my last question is what book would you recommend, or do you have a book that you have read throughout this experience that you would recommend Mm. uh, listeners to read? I wouldn't say it's a book. The first thing that comes to my mind, it's not a book that I learned during like my podcast experience or this year. And it really doesn't have a whole lot to do with health. It's more of productivity and like self-development but it's Tim Ferriss's book the tools of titans I would say is probably like my most gifted book that I like to give people or recommend to people so basically what Tim did is really smart and that maybe it's something I'll do with my podcast one day is he took all of his episode his podcast episodes and he basically made like a small summary of each episode and compile that all into a book so the way his interview like styles done is like he's got certain questions about like what's uh if you could if you could have one message on a billboard for the entire world to see what would it be and that's like a question he asks like in every one of his episodes or like what's um like the best purchase you've ever made under a hundred dollars so then like all these people are talking about like oh like I have this like foam roller thing that I love and I got on Amazon for like 30 bucks. And like, so like you're, you're basically going through this whole book, with mm. like chock full of advice on um, some of it is health and some of it's, you know, financial advice, some of it's relationship advice. But I would say that's probably for me been the most impactful book that I've had to just improve my overall life. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, definitely. Is there any message you wanted to leave with the audience before we close out? I think the biggest thing for me that I've learned through my experience of having my podcast and just learning more about health Mm -hmm. is that it's okay if you feel overwhelmed, because I think that's where most people are at when when it Mm. comes to nutrition, I think is a big piece where people are just like, oh my God, I feel so overwhelmed. Like I'm getting all this advice 
sure. from all these different people and and with exercise and, and sleep and like all these different things. It just, it really feels like you're drinking from a fire hose. And I guess my biggest thing is like, it's okay to feel overwhelmed and it's okay to reflect on where you're at with your health, whether it's nutrition or your relationships or, or sleep or, or anything else, or maybe you're not really exercising as much as you'd like to. It's okay to look at that and say, okay, I, I need to make some big improvements. I need to make some big changes, but it's not going to happen overnight. I'm going to yeah. make these changes, small baby steps, one thing at a time. Like if I can just take one piece here and one piece there and just, and start making small changes every day, uh, what you're going to notice is if you just do little things here and there and be consistent about it and make it a habit and incorporate it into your morning routine or whatever it may be those days add up to your weeks and those weeks add up to your months and those months add up to your years and those years make up your life. So I think that'd be the biggest thing is don't, don't worry about getting overwhelmed about it all and just focus on making small changes over time. That is such beautiful advice. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to share that. Well, Dan, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be on the show. I really enjoy our conversations. I think that you have so much wisdom to share. Even though I know this isn't your your field of expertise, I feel like you are so like the guy next door. Like you, <laughs> you know what I mean? You just come with that that just you're very approachable and you get this oh, thank you. this this stuff out there in a way that kind of makes sense for everybody. And that's why I really wanted you on the show because I feel like you're someone that everyone can relate to. I appreciate that. And and I'm happy you said that. I think if I were to look back at like self-reflect, I would say, hopefully that's what people enjoy about me and like listening to my podcast is that they can see like, okay, it's just an average guy who's also trying to improve his health. And he's about where I'm at right now in terms of like making progress and making changes and, and it's okay to be not okay. So thank you. I I appreciate that feedback. No, I think people like authenticity and you're coming from a very, and yeah, I, I hope anybody who's making a podcast, you're coming from a place of being authentic with yourself because if you're not true to yourself and who who can you be true to, but, um, yeah. Yeah, I really, if, if you have a chance, go listen to his podcast. He also has a YouTube channel mm-hmm. and it's Live Live Life Longer. Yep, that's yes? it, the Live Life Longer show. Yes, the Live Life Longer it. show. Yep, yeah. so yeah, it's it's on, uh, for the podcast you can find on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or really wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, and then my YouTube channel is podcast form. It's just the video portion of it. So it is still the full length interviews, but I just record videos for that channel. So, yeah. And on Instagram, you are Dan. Yeah. So Dan.Voss is my Instagram handle. And I'm also on Twitter, uh, which is at Dan.Voss10. I'm most active on on Instagram though. So, yeah. And I'll include links to all of that in the show notes. So y'all can just click from there. Cool. I appreciate that. Thanks so much, Dan. Yeah. Thank you so much, Steph. I really appreciate it and uh, keep up all of your great work. (laughs) Thanks. Well, that is it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing or leaving a review or sharing about this podcast on social media. It really helps me to become more visible on podcast platforms and it helps me to book really high quality guests for you all. Thanks again for joining Daily Detox. I am your host, Stephanie Center. Go out into the world and be well and be kind.